the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world. It challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us. I'm excited about today's show, which will wrap up our series on heroic faith. I'm hopeful that the concepts that we have talked about for the last seven weeks will really take hold as we think about our opportunity as individuals in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. As always, I'm joined by Christy Stratton, my devoted wingman. Good morning, Richard, and everyone. Good morning, Christy. I've had a lot of coffee this morning, so look out. <laughs> Uh-oh. Friends, if you missed the previous episodes, please don't worry. You can listen to them easily at kkht.com under the Programs tab by selecting Podcasts and looking for Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow, and that's me. And before we begin today's conversation, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, in your love and encouraging expectation, we know that we can play a role in your kingdom wherever we are. You have said that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have said that we are made for such a time as this. And you have given us many examples of heroic faith throughout the pages of your word to guide us into your hopes for us. Help us now, dear Lord, in these troubled times to find the understanding and the resolve to do your will. Strengthen us and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in our earnest prayers that we may know and do your will in all things. We submit ourselves to you with all our hearts in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Over the last few weeks, we've discussed how heroes are ordinary people who do extraordinary things. They're focused outward in service to others. They place greater values on others than themselves. We've also said that they act in the moment and that at some point they have to turn their backs on the crowd to do the next right thing in a kingdom-minded way. I so hope you hear that they are ordinary 
and flawed people right up until they see a situation which calls them to action and they turn to God and become extraordinary. Christy, talked about a lot over the last seven weeks. Who is your favorite hero of the series? And you can't say Esther or Ruth. Oh, you're putting that control on me? That's not right. <laughs> well, you know, girls always choose girls. No, I'm not choosing them because they're girls. You know, it's really a hard question for me to answer. So more so, I'll, I'll pick them. Okay, you can choose whoever you want. <laughs> uh, it's, it's really hard to determine because each of them, you know, I maybe find some sort of inspiration in each, each of them. Each of them were courageous. Um, you know, from Ruth to, from her heart to Esther's, you know, well, courage to be trite (laughs) to all of them. It's just really hard. They're all great examples. That is very diplomatically and beautifully put. (laughs) Why, thank you. We said in one of the first episodes that a hero is a person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. Another definition is a person who in the face of danger combats adversity through feats of courage and strength. What I wondered as I was thinking about that is, can you think of anyone from the Bible who could have been a hero and they missed their chance? Well, the thing that catches me there is could have been, because as I think about there's there's some who stand out for me, and I don't know if maybe they're already considered heroes, but for me it's Daniel. But maybe he's already considered a hero. I know we didn't cover him. Um, yeah, but who missed their chance? Yeah, that I don't know. I tell you who comes to mind right away when I ask that question is Saul. So the first king of Israel, mm-hmm. this big, tall guy, handsome, um, every opportunity to be a hero, given guidance, and instead is petty and jealous and spiteful and ends up trying to kill the young shepherd boy who will best him in every way throughout history. And so I think about King Saul, a dude who could have been somebody, you know, that saying you could have been somebody, I could have been a contender. Right. <laughs> there you go. That's what Saul's busy so saying. Somebody right now. who's kind of on, on the edge had the opportunity, but didn't take it. And so Daniel did take it. So I, yeah, I don't, to go back to your question, I, Nothing actually comes to my mind, but... Yeah, it's worth thinking about because we talk about the heroes and the heroic traits, but it's interesting to think about who missed their chance and how did they miss their chance? Do I look like them? What changes must I make so I don't? For instance, Jonah just popped into my head. He tried to miss his chance. So God says, go to Nineveh and talk to the Ninevites about how the end is coming and Jonah jumps on a ship and heads in the other direction. Right. He tried his very best to miss his chance right up until God had him thrown overboard, eaten by a whale, puked up on the shore. <laughs> and then, wow. God in his mighty ways, right? <laughs> yes. I, Moses comes to mind, too. So I'm getting what you're meaning there as far as like he tried. He tried to miss his chance. God wouldn't let him. Good call. Yeah. Very good call. But I can't really think, I mean, I'm sure there's a ton throughout the Bible, those near misses, I guess, in a way, you know. Yeah. So throughout all of this, 
in this series, what really resonated with you uniquely, just your heart? You know, I think it's something that you've probably heard me say quite a bit, which is, and you just said it is uh, in the opener, is that these were ordinary people and they didn't, I, I don't know, obviously I, I'm not them, not looking at life through their eyes, but I can't imagine in the circumstances that they found themselves in that they were again saying, okay, I'm now going to do this so that Christy and Richard are going to be talking about me all these years later. They were in the so-called heat of the moment. They were in the circumstances of their day and they chose to act for God in a right manner. And today we're talking about them. So if I don't know if I can make it as clear as I want to make it clear, but they weren't trying to be a hero. They were trying to do the right thing. So in the introduction to our Heroic Faith series, I said that in almost every Bible story, there comes a point at which a hero must choose between comfort and hardship, between God's will and the pull of the world, between doing what's easier and doing what's right, between doing what benefits him or her or doing what benefits others. And so there's always this seminal moment. Right. Each of our stories had a seminal moment. Ruth chose hardship to stay with Naomi. Right. It's almost that, well, that turning point. The turning point. Yeah. Yeah. So as we look around us in our individual uh, circumstances, we often have this notion that we have to be the quarterback of the team before our efforts matter. We have this notion that heroism is for others, that there'll be some giant stage on which we'll play this part and history will remember us. But what we learned, I hope, is that that is just not the case. It doesn't have to be something huge. It can be something little and God will control how far reaching it is. Right. It doesn't have to be a big giant stage. It could be a very small stage where we play an important role in somebody's life. And it might not matter to everybody, but to that person, it means the world. And so we talked about Ruth and uh, following her heart to stay with Naomi. And we talked about the centurion whose faith was so amazing. Queen Esther. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, King Josiah and Jeremiah and the apostles, they dropped what they were doing to follow Jesus. And then these 12 men changed the world. And so to me, it's amazing. And Pastor Steve said something great last week where he said each apostle did, did not exemplify all the traits, but together... The 12 of them exemplified all the traits. Yeah. Like the heroic dozen. Like <laughs> they were better than that, that old war, war movie, The Dirty Dozen. It's a good point to make because I often say, and I've heard said, and it's not anything new, but um, nobody does anything great alone. There's only one person that did everything great alone, and that's Jesus. But we, we do those things together and we don't realize that maybe that one thing, as you just said, affects someone else when we're uh, taking the next right step, the next right courageous step for Christ, it affects that person. And then that ripple effect from that person on, we, we can't know the 
positive effects that we have. Yeah, if you don't mind my backing up to doing things alone and Jesus doing things alone, right. keep in mind, yeah. he did nothing without his father. Ah, He did yeah. his father's will in all things and Good at point. every moment... He was intimately connected to his father. And when the pull of the world got too strong and the apostles sometimes doing silly things or distracting and, and these thousands coming to him for healing, he needed time. And the time that he needed was to be closely connected with his father. And so I bring that up, not to pick, but to say that in the world, if even Jesus got to places where he had uh, a lot and needed to center himself with a trip to the wilderness where he would spend time with his father alone in prayer. Right. Uh, it's quite understandable that each of us throughout the day as the world pulls on us will and should need that time. Absolutely. I know I do. Yeah, and me too. So anybody in the series we didn't mention uh, that you would like to and now as you look at uh, biblical heroism or heroic faith possibly in a different way who might you look on differently and you mentioned Daniel yeah I always but go we back both to love Daniel him. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you who, who came to me was Joseph Old Testament uh, Joseph right uh, his brothers sell him into slavery and all these bad circumstances, and he just keeps turning up well. He just right. keeps showing up faithful. That perseverance. Yeah, committed yeah. best in every situation, not getting led astray, and ends up, you know, second in command of right. Egypt. So who yeah. do you have? You know, interestingly enough, I was just reading um, John this week and John not John, but John the Baptist. Right. And I just think about that moment at which he's in the water and he sees Jesus passing and he's like, there's the Messiah. And and he's willing to, you know, call that out. Um, and he's the one that baptized Jesus. I think that's beautiful. Kind of gives me chills. I think that's a great one. So, friends. Here's why I think this series is so important. Speaking of being baptized, though we are free from bondage and bondage to sin by the blood of Christ, there are many among us who prefer to live in bondage. As we come out of COVID, many hope to return to, quote, normal. Mm. And I think all of this is such an amazing opportunity to walk in something new, walk in a challenging path as a hero of faith. And so these people who, even when they know that the old ways lead to ruin, because you just have to look around you to see, in regard to the present circumstances, all they can say is, I want to return to normal. Well, that's like the Israelites wanting to return to Egypt. Yeah, because when point. we, yeah, when we read the story of Exodus and they say, oh, well, we were better off in Egypt. <laughs> and each of us says, oh, that's horrible. How could you say that? It's so ungrateful. It's so silly. Of course, you weren't better off as slaves. And yet, if you think about us and what we're doing, right. set before us is this amazing day and week and year where we can be different and be more committed and find God in every situation right. and be a hero to somebody. And a lot of us are just trying to find the quickest way back to the sofa and the remote control. Yeah. Circumstances have got us off the sofa, 
the remote control is on the ground, and now we have this opportunity, and the question is, what are we going to do with it? So I bring that up, and I say that to say this. We've talked in the past about the burden of truth and the burden of knowing, and as Christians, we know the truth, and that is a burden. And we don't have the excuse that we don't know the truth. And the truth is Jesus Christ, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. So we will either act in the truth or be condemned by the truth, same as everybody else. So how does it look? We've talked about heroes over the last seven weeks. The way it looks is we give ourselves to God. In the circumstances of our lives, we prioritize our opportunity to glorify him in all we do. We read his word. We study, we pray, um, we resist evil, we aggressively seek to distance ourselves from the world so that we can do what he has for us to do. The world is so in need of heroes. Mm, amen. Um, it's, it's just an amazing opportunity to me. This is our opportunity. Exactly. So like all heroes, we prioritize others first in our marriages and our families and then in our communities. And we make sacrifices. Uh, we act for the good of God's kingdom. We, we overcome hardship and temporary discomfort. And like the centurion, we humble ourselves. And like Esther, we take a risk for the good of our nation. And like the apostles, we make the most of every opportunity and we husband our resources and we distinguish ourselves by faith which shines a bright light on those around us. And most importantly, we have to understand that the stakes involved are very high and they will have ramifications far beyond ourselves. So just like King Josiah had a plan, which we talked about um, for the restoration of his kingdom, we have a plan to leave with you. And that is going forward. Number one, we build strong families. Number two, we support our churches with our effort and our money. Number three, we vote for Christian candidates and Christian judges in elections. Number four, we hold government accountable. Number five, we hold schools accountable. Our tax dollars cannot be used to pursue the devil's agenda. Number six, we speak out against lies. Number seven, we use our money as a weapon by refusing to spend it with stores and organizations that trample the American dream with their support of failed progressive policies. Number eight, when times get hard, we dig in, pray more earnestly, and get tougher. And the scripture that I think covers all of this says, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your good deeds and glorify your father when he comes to visit. I think that's perfect because among the pagans, these people living like we're in Babylon, they will see your good deeds. And though they accuse you and ridicule you, the truth will rest upon them. Amen. And the Holy Spirit will have his way. And that's the truth. And speaking of the truth, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at scripture, which informs our discussion and we do this to remind ourselves that God's word is our first refuge, that it is always relevant, and that it never fails. And today, our moment of truth comes from Romans chapter 9, verse 17. And it says this, For Scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose, 
that I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Friends, like our moment of truth from our show on Queen Esther, which says that she was created for such a time as this, we may not always know God's plan for our lives, but we know he is faithful. We know he is a good father. We know his ways are higher than our ways. And we know that he bends the universe toward his will, working all things together for good. So as Pharaoh was raised up to be used by God at the time of God's choosing in the exodus of the Jews from Egypt, so we are all raised up for his purposes that his name might be glorified in all the earth. And as we've learned through this series, that time will not be announced to us as this heroic moment of our lives, but it will come in the challenging little moments which put us to decisions from which we cannot shrink. And that is... As simple as it is, and it brings us to our quote of the day, I saw the author of this quote play tennis against Jimmy Connors in South Africa when I was a little boy. I remember my mom took me to Ellis Park, and the amazing Arthur Ashe, tennis great and man of truth and conscience, said this, True heroism is remarkably sober and very undramatic. It is not the urge to surpass all others at whatever cost, but the urge to serve others at whatever cost. That's an amazing quote. It really does shine light on the fact that it's not for a season's fame that we do this. It's not for the hope of personal glorification. Or gain, yeah. Or gain. to serve others. It's to serve others, to be a part of the solution, and to just make that very simple decision where we say, no, not this time, not this way. I will stand here firm in faith, ask my God for help, and look to his will. So friends, in this perverse generation, what greater service could we provide to others than to live and speak God's truth, whatever the cost? Our nation is slowly sliding toward the abyss of history. The trouble began when we turned from God. The solution is to turn back to Him. America needs heroes, and especially spiritual heroes. This is our time. This is when we choose. So, as we wrap up, please hear this. Wherever you are right now, with whatever you have at this very moment, you can be a hero for God. But you must choose. Each of us must choose in every moment of every day. It is simple, undramatic, and yet very profound. Either we choose to be heroes like Ruth, the centurion, Queen Esther, King Josiah, Jeremiah, and the apostles, or we choose to be sheep to the inevitable slaughter. Either we choose the good that we can do, or we choose temporary comfort. Either we choose to speak out in faith, knowing that God will make certain what for others is uncertain, or we allow ourselves to be silenced by those who are lost. That is heroic faith, and that is courageous Christianity. Absolutely. Couldn't be said any better. Christy, I think a lot of us look for some big chance where we're going to make a big dent in a big thing. I think you said it in the first show. It's not celebrity. Yeah, We said in the first show that the difference between heroism and celebrity is that heroism is self-sacrificing for the greater good, 
as opposed to self-aggrandizing, often at the expense of the greater good. I love it. It is simple. It is undramatic. And that is profound. And it's little. If it's being the best husband or being the best dad, putting your phone away and being in the moment with the people you love, being present, being intentional, spending time with your Bible, having the integrity to say, I'm really feeling pulled right now by the world, by job stresses, by money worries, and I'm going to take some time. I'm going to kneel here beside my bed, beside my sofa, and I'm going to seek God and his will for my life. And we can all do it together. Amen. So friends, that is Courageous Christianity, and the power is amazing. Should you want to reach us, we can be contacted at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com or 281-656-1833. Thanks for joining Christy and me today. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify. Fi.